Good evening, Eric Francis here with StarCast for the 14th of December 2023. Thanks for joining me. This is the edition that goes with the Thursday Horoscope. And I'm taking a moment away from somewhere in between the 2024 readings. I've been at these full time now for weeks. Finally, at the point where I'm convinced I'll be able to do it. There's that kind of tipping point threshold where for a while it just seems impossible. And then I, I get to that point where, ah, I'm doing this. I've done it before. And uh, I'm going to get it done this time. Your 2024 readings will be in writing and in audio format. Uh, expecting to have that to you by the 8th of January. I'll tell you a little more about that once I've done uh, my bit on the current astrology. First of all, Mercury Station retrograde uh, on Wednesday. I'm supposed to have that chart open. Uh, this is this is a very unusual Mercury retrograde in that Mercury was conjunct four different minor planets uh, at the time that it stationed retrograde. Uh, planets not used or even heard of by most astrologers, but I consider them to be all. Uh, important discoveries, uh, or uh, in, in one case, a, a hypothetical planet used by the Uranian astrologers. Uh, and th this is um, highlighting a question I've had a long time, which is what is the nature of this cluster of planets at about six to eight degrees of Capricorn. Uh, the planets include Ixion, that's out by Pluto. It's called a, it's a Plutino, so it's basically in the 250-ish uh, year orbit range. And then uh, Quayar, that's about 296 or so years. That's a Cubiwano, that's a little bit past Pluto. Um, and uh, and then Pholus, that's a Centaur planet, kind of like Chiron, uh, only more fast-acting, more immediate, more intense uh, in the immediate uh, sense. And then uh, Cupido, that's the hypothetical planet that uh, is is used by some few astrologers these days of uh, the Uranian school of astrology. I, I like to use these points, even though I'm not officially a Uranian astrologer. Uh, and, and I've been watching this for a year or two. It's, I'm, I'm finding it written into charts I cast way far in the past and wondering what this is. Now, Mercury has stationed retrograde right in the pocket of this group. And I don't know what to make of it. So I am therefore uh, paying attention to the world around me, my feelings, insights, communications that come through, events of the world, and and then uh, responses from readers and listeners who have often provided me with some of the most uh, astute insights into the meaning of planets, even though they're not full-time astrologers or professionals, they're just... Uh, interested people um, who might read things or, or just like to pay attention. So if you're noticing anything that's that's unusual, and the uh, let, let me know. And the, the topic area generally would be family. 
uh, it, it would be uh, the tribe, um, the real the real tribe, not not like you know the the community interest of all ambulance drivers or something, but the, the actual tribe of um, of people who have some form of a structured bond. Uh, and this can include various forms of stories of the origin. So there's a point in there that's about origin stories. Quayar is about origin stories. Uh, and then Folas takes us back um, about, about uh, 80, 90 years uh, to, to uh, three more generations back from you, great-grandparents' generation. So uh, that's, what's, uh, that's what's hovering around, around matters of right and wrong are, are important. Uh, in this configuration because of the presence of Ixion. So Mercury Station Retrograde uh, at 2.08 a.m. Eastern Time. It looks like, no, hold on a second. Hold hold on, events. Uh, 2.08 a.m. Eastern Time uh, on the 13th. So that was very early Wednesday morning at 8.5 degrees of uh, of. Of Capricorn, and it's going to back over now. All of these points on the way, it's going to be ringing bells in Aries because there's stuff going on in Aries, and anything that happens in Capricorn also happens to Aries, Libra, and Cancer. And then it's going to go back into Sagittarius. There'll be a conjunction with the Sun. The Sun will enter Capricorn, and Mercury will continue to retrograde back into. Sag, where it will station direct on the first day of the new year. This conjunction of the sun and uh, and Mercury will happen in Capricorn. Uh, that looks like it's going to happen immediately after the southern solstice. That's on December the 21st. The solstice takes place uh, Eastern time at 10.27 p.m. Eastern time on Thursday the 21st. So uh, this is a um, brisk concentration of events around the solstice. It always is. As I mentioned last year, uh, we have here in the Northern Hemisphere, there's that sensation of time compressing because the days just keep getting shorter and shorter. They're already really short. I don't know how far north of, of of the equator you live, but it's like you wonder like, wow, why, how is it possibly dark at at 4.30, sometimes if it's cloudy, 4 o'clock in the afternoon, it's always interesting to um, to observe this. And, of course, it's compounded by daylight savings time ending, where when the days are approaching their shortest, they yank an hour out, <clears throat> which is said to have been compared in uh, the, the folklore of wise things that Native Americans have said to white people, that only the white man can think that if you cut a strip off the bottom of a blanket and sew it off to the top, sew it to the top of the blanket, you get a longer blanket. <laughs> kind of true, right? Uh, so um, here we are at this, uh, at this moment of maximum compression and uh, with, this, with the sun, uh, as of now, uh, as of now, approaching a conjunction to the galactic center. By the way, didn't mention that the new moon was on Monday, uh, I did mention it last week, but haven't mentioned it today. Right in that galactic pocket that we that we are in, so many things happening. Normally, this time of year, with the short days and the sun conjunct the deep space points in Sagittarius, and uh, the days getting shorter and shorter, and then add to that Mercury retrograde, and uh, g- generally 
uh, the strange times that we are living in. As of this moment, the moon is in Capricorn, right in the middle of Capricorn. So it's already moved one whole sign away from the, the point where it was at the the new moon and the moon is coming into a square to the uh, grouping around the lunar nodes that's Chiron lunar node north node Eris in in Aries and then sometime uh, tomorrow or on uh, on Saturday I don't know how fast the moon's going right now but it will make it will end its time in Capricorn with a conjunction to Pluto so beware of any lingering sense of loneliness or despondency or feeling of isolation that that you might have uh, this is the feeling of moon conjunct pluto particularly in capricorn which can be a little um, moody let's say uh, all by itself and so if you, if you're feeling like that if you're feeling like you you know like you you need some companionship of some kind pick up the phone and talk to somebody and and and, and you might just immediately feel better. All right, quick look at the solstice chart, uh, though I will uh, have more on that chart next week. Uh, that is, uh, again, Thursday the 21st, 1027 p.m., sun enters Capricorn, and then the sun, too, will continue to will, will, will make a run over all those points in, in Capricorn, that cluster that I was talking about, that early family-themed cluster in Capricorn. Um, but before it does that, it'll make a sextile to Saturn, and we'll make a trine to Jupiter, which means Jupiter is about to station direct. So, for all the all the uh, strangeness in the in the air right now, uh, the the idea that um, the Sun is in harmony with Saturn and with Jupiter uh, bodes for uh, r- relatively smooth motion through the physical plane. Of course, Mercury's retrograde take things. One step at a time and know when you are making a presumption of some kind. Uh, as for what's going on with, uh, with, with 2024, I now have 10 of the signs started. Nine of them have solid first drafts, meaning into the thousands of words. Uh, and, and I will um, be working on Leo today with the rest of the rest of the day today. And then I will um, be moving on to the last pair, waiting for uh, for the first draft, and that would be the uh, the Taurus Gemini pairing. I'm working my way backwards through the zodiac, so the the I, I think the order that I go in matters, and I I choose it differently every year, uh, though there are some kind of standard maneuvers. Uh, but I did uh, the cardinal signs first, so I did Aries, uh, Cancer, Libra, Capricorn, and then I jumped to Pisces, and I'm working my way back. Uh, through the zodiac, and I'm looking at having these uh, written readings for you uh, done, not delivered, but done. Could be around Christmas time. I think I can get these written in ten days. I know it takes a special writer to write sixty thousand words uh, in in three weeks, but I've done it a lot of times, and uh, I, I I like it to be good. I am Italian. We have to look good, if nothing else. But this will look good, read well. And, and be some relevant astrology for what is shaping up to be a, a very exciting year. I mean, it, given all the, the shit show of the world, I, I'm actually very optimistic about this astrology, which um, is, for those who ask the question, 
when's everyone going to wake up? We will have a moment that feels like some great awakening is happening in the spring. It'll, it'll span between the spring equinox and at least go out to Beltane around the 5th of, of, uh, of May, where this is going to be this sensation of a really special time. So try to organize free time for yourself. Uh, see if you can get yourself to see that eclipse. It's going to cut a swath basically in the United States from Maine down to Texas. Uh, that's one of the events. And th this chart deserves its own article. <clears throat> and we'll get one. And the, and the reason for that is because this eclipse of the sun, this great American eclipse, I'm calling it the all-American eclipse, the great American eclipse was in 17, is exactly conjunct Chiron to the arc minute. Uh, it, it, it is astounding. Uh, the, the, the eclipse itself is off by two arc minutes, then the new moon happens. It's a little bit, the timing is a little bit different. Uh, and then the new moon has everything lined up right to the degree in minute. I've never seen anything like this. Uh, it is impossible. Chiron is basically an ice cube orbiting the sun. It's a big ice cube, 180 kilometers. But nonetheless, it's a huge comet uh, orbiting the sun. Uh, and, and here it's going to line up with the moon and the sun in this exact alignment. And to me, this is just this self-actualization moment, this moment of self-awareness. It's as if the, the imagine the, the digital realm is just this fog with all kinds of stuff projected on it, and, and it all seems so complicated. And then uh, all of a sudden, the fog just parts, and you can see exactly who and what is around you, and you can feel exactly who you are. Uh, that is how I'm viewing this all-American eclipse of, uh, I think it's April the 8th. Now, that's then followed 12 days later by the conjunction of Jupiter and Uranus. Now, 12 days is, it's all, the Jupiter-Uranus conjunction is already happening at the time of the all-American eclipse. 12 days on a 13-year cycle is not that many days. So, so the eclipse happens with the energy of Jupiter-Uranus at full strength. <clears throat> Meanwhile, all of this is happening. And that this is just this explosion of potential going on. The markets are already doing well right now, responding to crypto is up for the first time in two years and so on and so forth. Uh, and and uh, the Fed's lowering rates. It's like an optimistic moment. And um, whether it's justified or warranted or not, we need the feeling of some optimism, of something to look forward to, of some moment of, of, of positivity where we're not just in the shadow of all of this bullshit and deception. And I think this is a real moment of clarity. And it goes on with uh, Pluto entering Aquarius in the background. So we'll be solidly into this second foray of Pluto into Aquarius. The first one was in the spring of, of 2023. Now we get a long one that goes from January all the way out to September. There's a brief retreat into Capricorn, the last third of a degree of Capricorn, not very much. It's a very quick return to finish unfinished business. And then Pluto returns to Aquarius Tuesday, November 19th for the next 20 years. So we are kind of riding this wave of change and uh, and and uh, adventure and excitement and 
to me, this is just seeming like the first moment where it's possible to feel any actual optimism uh, easily going back to, uh, to to 2019. And by the way, I mean, those were all those times before the 2020 crisis leading in, leading into that, the years leading into it, were extremely stressful, largely forgotten by this new kind of stress caused by uh, this uh, this phony crisis we were all dragged through. So the clouds part, and uh, and we, we get a look at ourselves, one another, and the world around us, all covered in somewhere in between 2024 annual reading of Planet Waves. Uh, tonight's um, tonight's uh, uh, mailings have opt-in links for all, all of that. If you're looking for a discount coupon, please write to us at cs at planetwaves.net. All you need is the most basic subscription, and we will send you a, a substantial discount coupon for that. Okay, signing off for now. Uh, I'm looking uh, at having uh, Planet Waves FM on Saturday. This is actually working pretty good to have it be on a Saturday schedule. I take it easy on Friday, prep the show, and then record the show on Saturday and um, and post it. That's what I'm doing now to keep it out of the way of my five-day-a-week uh, somewhat rigorous writing schedule on somewhere in between. Thanks for listening. Thanks for joining me. Thanks for being a supporter, subscriber, reader, correspondent, contributor, whatever you may be. Lots of love and bye for now. Mm-hmm.